Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, 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 hey. What up, what up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins. You're listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but don't be hating. We don't need that. My man Kevin Cleveland's running the show, producing, engineering. Kevin, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. I uh, I missed you last week, but you had a good reason for your absence, so I look forward to hearing about that. I, <laughs> I did. I'm so sorry, y'all. We, we, we missed an episode last week, but uh, I was in Vegas for the NFL draft, you know, and, and the only thing I can say about why I missed the episode was I was in Vegas for the NFL draft, and <laughs> it was fantastic. Fun times. I mean, I love Vegas. Vegas is always, you know, something I love to do, but this week, we are going to talk about the NFL draft. We're going to recap and, and some takeaways from it. We're going to get into America and some of the problems we are facing. But first up. NBA basketball. It's fantastic. I don't know if y'all remember that slogan. There was a slogan they used to have out. NBA basketball is fantastic. And these playoffs are fantastic. Fantastic. I've been saying that since the round one. I thought this was going to be maybe the greatest playoffs that we've ever seen because I am an old head. I'm I'm 43 years old. I just turned 43 yesterday. It was my birthday on May 2nd. So today, you know, I'm 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 a little I'm reveling in my old age a little bit. But I have always been a young man's thinker, right? I I have never been a subscriber to the NBA back in the day was the best NBA. Uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm with every year the talent gets better and just more skilled. And we are seeing the fruition of that right now. We are seeing the best. I mean, we're also seeing the young players come into their own, right? We've dealt with so long the NBA being a story about LeBron James, which I'm a LeBron James fan, so I wasn't mad at that. But You've got to have some kind of transition. And I feel like with this right now, the NBA is getting that because they never got that with Jordan, right? It was Jordan went away, and then, you know, Kobe had come in, Iverson had come in, but you didn't have a real torch to hand it to, right? You had Shaq, you had Vince Carter. People tried to do things, but it just was never Jordan for so long. It had been Jordan, 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 Jordan. And then we tried to keep going to the narrative of the individual player with Kobe and, and Allen Iverson and, and Shaq. And then until LeBron came, it really became a one-person league and the story had been about him forever. And now he's not in the playoffs. We're actually getting to see all this young talent who is balling. These games are phenomenal. And LeBron, been the best player for, hell, probably the last decade, maybe 12 years, solid. Giannis is that dude now. Giannis is the greatest basketball player on planet Earth, and it's been coming for a while, right? And this is one of the things, when I first saw this kid, when I saw him start to become good, I was like, yo, he has no moves, but once he gets a mid-range jumper, It's going to be curtains. And don't let him start to hit a three-point shot. It is over because he could already pass. He could already rebound. Now you got this 6'10 dude dribbling the ball, passing the ball, getting people open. He didn't have a good game the other day against Boston. Uh, Milwaukee is playing Boston in the second round of the playoffs. And they're without Chris Middleton, which everybody thought might make a big difference with them because Chris Middleton is an all-star. Great, great player. Giannis doesn't give a damn. 
the 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 Celtics have nothing they can do. Now, this is only one game, right? We're going to see what the adjustments are. But what happened with them was they ran into a good team. And I think what happened for all of us is we overrated the Nets so much that Boston sweeping them made Boston overrated. But Boston just beat a bad team. That's, that's literally all they did. They beat a bad, mediocre team because that's what they should do because they're better. And so now when they're playing against Milwaukee, it's literally they have gone from playing uh, the school of the blind to playing Alabama. Basically, that's, that's, like the, that's like the analogy in football. They went from playing the school of the blind to the next week they're playing Alabama. How do you get ready for that? You don't. And what happened was they came out and they played Milwaukee with their super tall front line, right? They've got 6'10 Giannis, 6'9 Bobby Portis, 6'9, 6'10 Bobby Portis, 7'0 Brooke Lopez. They can't get anything in the paint. There's nothing for them to get in the paint. And, I mean, literally, Boston made the lowest amount of two-point field goals ever in playoff history the other day. They made 10 two-pointers. The rest was threes. They took 53 pointers, made 18. That's not a recipe to win. You can't because if you're only getting 10 two-pointers, that means you're also not really getting fouled. You're not getting to the line, right? And if you're not hitting the fit, the three-pointers at like a 40 to 50% clip, you're going to lose. They got blown out. What adjustment can they make? Right. I mean, and it's not like they've got the Splash Brothers over there in Boston. They got dudes who are really dope. I think Tatum is on his way. I said I said, uh, you know, last week Tatum is on his way to being one of the greatest players in the game. Like, I mean, I literally would take uh, Giannis. uh, We're going to talk about uh, 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 Doncic in a bit, but I take Giannis first and then uh, it's on on the rise. It's Tatum or, or, or Doncic for me right now because if Zion Williamson is playing, I'm taking Zion Williamson. I don't care what anybody says. That dude is a bucket. But what can they do, right? What can they do besides become the Splash Brothers overnight and shoot 40-plus percent from three, the both of them, Jalen Brown and Tatum? That's not their game. Their game is slashing, getting to the hole, and playing off of that, Right. And and Brown is more is needs to get to the hole more because he's not as good a shooter as Jason Tatum. And so what we're seeing is once you can't get into the lane, can you hit the jump shots enough to win the game? And Boston has not been able to do that. And the Bucks look like good guy. If they win this game, the second game in Boston series over cancel Christmas. It's over Boston. I mean, Milwaukee move on to the next round. Uh, another great game uh, that we saw the other day. Golden State, Memphis. So I'm not a big Memphis fan. I'm just, I've never been too big of a John Morant fan either because I think he's dope. I don't, I'm, I'm not that, I'm not saying I'm not a fan in the in the sense that I don't, I think he's not a good player. I think he's an amazing player. He's dope. I'm just not a subscriber to six foot dude, six foot, 170, 170 pound guy being the best player in the NBA. I, when people start talking like that, I can't hear it. Now it's enough to just say he's really dope. He's a great NBA player. That's it. We don't have to go into the hyperbole, uh, hyperbole of John Morant's going to be a, a multi MVP. No, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's just, it's just not going to happen. It's, it's just science. It's not the way it's going to work. Now I enjoy watching him. Can we just do that without going overboard? But he's really good, and there's nobody on Golden State that can stop him. Hell, I mean, you watch that game, Steph Curry, until the last play, Steph Steph got in his his defensive bag real quick and played some D on him. But they have nobody who can stop John Morant. And 
the problem for the Memphis Grizzlies is they don't have anybody but John Morant, right? And so this game ended up being close. I mean, it was at 117 to 116. They won. Ja had a last-second shot to win, try to win the game and, and just couldn't get it done. Um, but they, 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 they stayed close in this game because they had an all-time game from Jaron Jackson, and Jaron Jackson had an all-time game because Draymond Green, dummy, got ejected. And if everybody watched this game, you could see, at first, Draymond goes up and he, it looks like he slaps the ball out of Brandon Clark's hands. And then with his right arm, he yanks Brandon Clark down to the ground. So they immediately stop and go look at it. And then when you look at it again, he's swiping down at his face, hits his face hard, then hits the ball, then grabs the dude down and pulls him down. Gets a flagrant two, gets ejected. And he runs around the stadium looking like an ass, you know, trying to cheer, egg people on, trying to, you know, get his team hyped up or whatever. And then, of course, you get all the talking heads. And, you know, I got friends talking about, man, the NBA is soft. Dog, you've got to set a baseline somewhere. You cannot allow him to do this sort of thing because then everybody's going to do it. And then when your favorite player or a great star gets hurt and they're out for a series because you allow people to yank people down by the jersey and not send a real message, then you're going to complain that, oh, man, this game is boring. Like, you've got to decide what you really want. Do you want boring-ass games devoid of stars or do you want there to be some kind of law that says, yo, we can't be slapping dudes in the face and yanking them down out of the air where they have no control over their body? So, of course, Draymond got a flagrant two. Of course, Anybody should have gotten a flagrant two for that. It's just asinine to think any other way and to try to have sympathy for I don't want to see stars missing the games. Yeah, well, what if Draymond had done that to John Morant? See, the difference is he didn't do it to John. He did it to Brandon Clark. So you're okay with that. The, the, the he didn't Brandon Clark didn't get hurt. And even if he did, it wouldn't have been such a big loss for you because his name is Brandon Clark and not John Morant. But if he does that to John Morant and John Morant misses the series, now you hate Draymond. So we got we can't have it both ways. You have to pick something to believe in. And what I believe in is Draymond definitely should have been suspended. I mean, he should be kicked out for that game. And now he comes back and let's see what he does. And what he does really is eh. I mean, he's a he's a Swiss Army knife, right? He he passes, he rebounds, he plays good defense, but that dude is a liability on offense because he won't take a shot. Y'all talk about Ben Simmons won't shoot. Draymond don't shoot either. Literally won't shoot the ball. He doesn't even look at the basket. It is, you have to just just watch him. I, I beg of you, watch him play a basketball game and look and see how many times he even looks at the basket to attempt a shot. It's, it's he's 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 basically they're playing four on five on offense out there. Crazy. And he had five turnovers the other day. So how much did he really help? I mean, he might have helped them by getting kicked out of the damn game. But it's a dope series. I want to see what's going to happen with it because you got some rising stars with it. Jordan Poole is here. Jordan Poole has arrived. That dude is hard. And you add him to Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, they, oh my God. Like, that's the saving grace that they don't really need Draymond to do anything because they've got three dudes who get buckets. And Klay still doesn't look like Klay of old, but at least his J is starting to go down. He's getting some movement. And I'm not so afraid every time he gets in the air and comes down that he's going to tear something or, or, or rupture his Achilles or anything like that. So, this is going to be an interesting series. I still have Golden State winning this thing. Um, maybe even plus, they got the first game in Memphis. We'll see how it goes game two tonight. Philadelphia-Miami. Mm. Joel Embiid. I, mean, I, I didn't think Philadelphia would win this series anyways. I thought they had a shot. 
But now with no Joel Embiid for game one and possibly game two, it's, I mean, it's almost curtains. I mean, James Harden is showing again, like I've said forever, he's a dope regular season player. In the playoffs, he just isn't special enough, has never been special enough, never been athletic enough to scare you. And when you're playing against the best defenders night in, night out, where they can game plan for you, he just can't get it done. That's just It's just that simple. Unstoppable in the regular season. And now that they've taken away those free throws because of the, the little insurance fraud fouls that he would get, get for you, he's he's almost obsolete. And, and Lord, no... Embiid, so he's already miss, he's missing a dude who creates space for him. Now he's got little and, and less breathing room. Oh, this is going to be a referendum on James Harden because he's looking to get a max salary after this year. And Lord, who the hell's giving that to him? Somebody's going to do it. But if I was a GM, ain't no way in hell he get paid because he looks shot. He looks shot. It just looks like he's he has nothing left to give. He's had his good run. This is his swan song. Let it go. Elsa, frozen, be gone. Dallas Phoenix. Dallas is fun to watch. Luka Doncic. I mean, I get arguments with my friends. I got a buddy Murph who keeps arguing. He's been arguing forever that Luka is top five. And I've never had him in my top five, right? I've always had it. And, and for me, I, because of what I value in basketball, I think Luka is dope as hell. He's in my top 10. But somehow it's a crime to not have him in the top five. He's in my top 10. I still, I think I would take Jason Tatum over him just because of his length and his defense. Because you watch Luka Doncic, and it's 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 absolutely astounding to me that this dude could be this damn slow, but this damn dope too. Like, he's slower than molasses, but he just gets it done on offense. He plays zero defense. He can't play defense because his feet look like they're stuck in quicksand. He cannot move on defense. And that is the problem. That's why I cannot have him in my top five because he's not a two-way player. He's going to get you all the, all the stuff on offense. He can get you points, buckets, you know, boards, assists, all that stuff. And he's banging on people too. But that dude can't play no defense. And if you can't play defense, all they're going to do at the end of the game is search him out on, on pick and rolls and put him in the action and then just abuse him, which is what people will do. And, and Phoenix, you saw it. Anytime Phoenix had, anybody had Luka on them, they got a bucket. I mean, and what Phoenix is is finding out and what people are finding out that I've said for a while, Chris Paul is the MVP of that team. No Chris Paul, they, the Suns ain't doing a damn thing. Devin Booker with a Chris Paul is a is a top, t- nah, I don't know about top 10, top 15 player, right? He's, he's amazing with a Chris Paul when he doesn't have to do everything for the team that Chris Paul provides. But the engine that makes that whole thing go, why they're, why they're probably, I, I don't know. I think Golden State and the Suns is going to be a great series. We're going to see CP versus uh, Steph Curry. But if they're going to win that series, it's going to come down to DeAndre Ayton. And there's a reason why the, the Phoenix Suns selected DeAndre Ayton number one overall in that draft where there was a Luka Doncic, where there was a Trey Young. Because that dude, oh, that dude is a difference maker. Watch this series. Dante, Dwight Powell, uh, Masa Kleber, they have nothing for Aiton. That dude has a turnaround jumper. He has a face-up jumper. He can bang you on the board. He will yam on you. He can defend you on the perimeter. That dude is the guy that makes the Suns go. If they don't have DeAndre Aiton, they ain't going nowhere. And people are starting to see that. And I'm just loving seeing all of these dope squads, dope players get their due. It's going to be an amazing conference finals. It's going to be an amazing finals. 
And I'll say it right now. It's going to be the Bucks repeating because Giannis is that dude. Greatest player in the game. Never thought you'd hear that. But here we are. Back after the break. So the NFL draft was this past weekend. And I'm not, I used to be, when I was younger, I was a huge draft Nick, right? Uh, I would wait, I could not wait for Saturday, Sunday to sit there and watch the draft literally all day. I would get the biggest bowl I could find. I'd eat a huge bowl of Captain Crunch. I would, I would definitely, for the draft, I'd buy Cinnamon Toast Crunch or Captain Crunch or some Reese's Puffs. And I would sit there, I'd get up in the morning and be ready. I'd have my magazines reading up on all these players and yada, 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 and whatnot. And as I got older, I just stopped giving a damn. Because as you get older, you start to realize, man, most of these dudes don't pan out to think to be what the hell you think they're going to be. It's just another TV show for you to watch, and the NFL has got you. And it sounds fun and cool, but I ain't really trying to watch dudes run around in, in T-shirts, or in most cases, no, no, no shirt and some shorts at a combine and lift weights and jump around and, and walk around in the underwear. I'm just, just that's, not, that's not for me. And then when they get to the draft, it's just a lottery ticket. And, you know, you're seeing with the, with the Rams. Rams, you know, was less than he said, man, fuck them picks, right? Because these picks, most of the time, don't pan out. But there's always storylines that come from them. And, and when you watch the draft and you see who gets drafted and how things go and the trades that happen, it tells you the story of the NFL, right? So there were six wide receivers drafted in the first round. Six. Every year that number keeps going up. Hell, you can look in the offseason and see the people getting paid. Receivers are getting stupid money. Stupid money. You got Debo Samuel out there trying to get Devontae Adams money, which he's going to get because the Niners have to. And there's a whole, you know, the hubbub about trading him and he doesn't want to be there. No, the dude is just negotiating. They ain't trading him. And I'm glad we got through the draft and we can get through all that nonsense because there was nothing worth that we could get worth a Debo Samuel. Everybody's in the draft trying to find a Debo Samuel, and most of the people will never find one. So once you got one, you don't trade him for anything. You keep him, you make him happy, you give him the money. Now, unless you don't believe in him, and that is what we just saw happen in Nashville or Tennessee, right? Uh, the, the Titans. The Titans traded A.J. Brown to, uh, I believe he went to the Eagles for the 18th pick. Traded the 18th pick to the, from the Eagles to the Titans for A.J. Brown, and then the Eagles gave him like a hundred some odd million dollars, right? All that tells you is the Titans didn't think A.J. Brown was worth it. The Titans would rather trade A.J. Brown to get another chance to find another A.J. Brown because they think they can. He's not worth what they were paying. And so, and 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 the crazy thing is, these guys all have the same ages. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, DK Metcalf, all the Devontae Adams. All the same agent, right? It's bananas. So receiver is becoming overvalued, overvalued. And teams are starting to say, no, we're not going to pay. Some teams are saying, no, 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 you're not as good as you think you are. We ain't going to give you that money. So they got an 18th pick. Uh, the Ravens traded Hollywood Brown to the Cardinals for a 23rd pick in the first round. Now, that one right there is a steal for the Ravens because Hollywood Brown, I watched that dude. He got a case of the drops at least two or three times a game. 
dropping passes. I don't know what the Cardinals were thinking. I don't know if the Cardinals just – and what happened was the Cardinals must have been thinking they knew that DeAndre Hopkins, who the news just came out yesterday, was going to be suspended for six weeks because of uh, performance-enhancing drugs or whatnot, didn't appeal the suspension, so he's just going to sit there and take it, and that's what it's going to be. So they gave up a lot to get a Hollywood Brown, which I don't know if he's worth the 23rd pick, but the Ravens definitely say, oh, we'll take a 23rd pick and a chance because we can find another Hollywood Brown. We can find another dude to come over here and drop a lot of passes and look really fast. I mean, that's, that's not hard to do. And you get... Lamar Jackson was supposed to be upset about this, right? Lamar Jackson, who is still working by himself as his own agent and has not been signed to the contract extension yet. I uh, don't know what's going on there, but something needs to happen because Lamar Jackson was a former MVP and he is one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. Pay that man his money. But Lamar Jackson was upset that they traded uh, Hollywood Brown. And Hollywood Brown, I guess, had told Lamar Jackson he didn't even want to be there. But Lamar Jackson should be ecstatic. You got a 23rd pick to get rid of Hollywood Brown. And the team drafted offensive linemen because the Ravens' offensive line last year was boo-boo. Lamar Jackson was running for his life. So that's what they needed was offensive linemen. Defense alignment. Whenever anybody in any draft, whenever I see people, they give these grades out. And it's like, oh, they got the best quarterback, and they got a receiver, and they got a running back. Bro, those are usually the worst drafts that end up happening because most of those guys don't pan out. The best drafts are when teams actually take interior players because it's hard to miss on those guys. I mean, you get a good offensive lineman. There's there's a lot of good offensive linemen. You could draft them later in the round. I mean, it's harder to get the left tackles because you got to have really agile, fast, big dudes who can move and protect the blind side of the quarterback because most quarterbacks are right-handed, right? So it's hard to find those guys. Uh, but you could find left, you could find guards, centers, right tackles. That's easier to get. And when you draft those players, you're basically drafting starters. You're drafting starters who come in and play right away. Hell, you draft a center. That dude is usually able to start right away. Those are the money picks. You draft a D lineman, an interior lineman, a a defensive end. Those guys are ready to play right away. Plug and play. So whenever I see teams draft linemen of of any side of the ball, those are the best drafts to me. And you could just watch. Remember the days? I mean, hell, look at Kyle Shanahan. Look at uh, Jim Harbaugh. When they were building those 49er teams, All they did was draft interior, 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 because everything else, if you have a good offensive line, guess what? Your quarterback has more time to throw the ball. And guess what? Your receivers have more time to get open, which makes them look better. You got a bad offensive line and ain't no quarterback can look good with a terrible offensive line. He's running for his life or getting sacked all the time. And ain't no DBs. So when you draft these DBs all high, there was two DBs went third and fourth in the NFL draft. That is way too high to be drafted defensive defensive backs. Way too high. Because it's all predicated on the pass rush. Way too high. Now, I can see you getting a defensive end, Trayvon, uh, Trayvon Walker from, from Georgia. Yes, you take that guy because he's that special as a defensive end pass rusher, right? You, tra- you take Aiden Hutchinson, which I don't know because I like the dude. He just, yeah, I don't know. Something was, uh, I don't know. He just looked a little too small. But. You see what's going to happen. We'll see what's going to happen in Detroit, right? Um, but you can't be taking DBs that high because if your defensive line sucks, the DB is going to be they – don't, they don't have time, right? The, the receivers have all the time in the world to get open. You can't cover that long. You've got to have better defensive pass rushers. And then the Patriots. Mac Jones. 
first round pick last year, number 15. Everybody talking about how much, how great he is and how, 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 how he was the best rookie quarterback. And I told you forever, he's all right. He's not real. He's a fifth-year senior for a reason. He looks like the way he looks because he got drafted to the perfect situation, but his ceiling is where he's at right now. And what did the Patriots do in the fourth round of the draft? They drafted a quarterback. Drafted a quarterback. You don't think the Patriots need other things besides a quarterback in the fourth round? No, they drafted a quarterback because they got Mac Jones. They don't think that that dude is 100% the guy. There is no reason for them to be taking a quarterback that early in the draft unless you don't think that dude is that good or unless you're just an awful team. You don't know how to draft. And that team is being ran by Bill Belichick. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they know what they're doing. And when they're drafting the quarterback number four, that is telling you the guy we got, we don't know. We ain't sold, man. So draft is over. I hope everybody feels good about their teams and their picks. Uh, but truth is, we don't know what the hell's going to happen. These are all lottery tickets, and hopefully some of them will hit, uh, but most of them will not. That being said, Niners win the Super Bowl next year. Peace. I'm out. Don't at me. So yesterday, there was a, uh, a leaked memo going around that showed – the Supreme Court of the United States is planning on overturning uh, Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade is the landmark decision from 1973 that basically protected the rights of anybody trying to get an abortion um, federally or, or through through the federal government. No, not just the federal government, just in the United States. The federal government is protecting people getting abortions, right? So it made it a law that you are allowed to do this. And the overturning of this landmark decision would leave it in the states' hands. And that automatically lets you know there will be no abortions in Texas. There will be no abortions in Florida. There will be no abortions in plenty of southern conservative-ran states. Um, And it's just saddening, man, to see this to to me. It's something I want to talk about because— it's just more of people, and especially in our country, more people telling women what they can do with their body um, and basically just saying we don't give a damn. And, 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 and you take it more of a layer. It's women being told we don't give a damn about what you think. It's minorities being told we don't give a damn about what you think. And it's poor people being told we don't give a damn about what you think. We're going to tell you how you should do and how you should treat your body. Um, because all it does is, is it, it affects these people's lives forever right and it's not going to affect the people who are actually trying to put this into law because they'll get abortions they'll have family members who get abortions and all they will do is just pay the money because they've got it to get it done whenever they want to get it done they'll fly to california they'll fly to new york they'll fly to the neighboring blue state where abortions are allowed and they'll get their abortion and go back home like nothing ever happened while they wag their while they wag their finger at you saying, we don't agree with this. We don't allow this to happen. You shouldn't be doing this. Who is to say that somebody has to have a child because they got pregnant? Someone makes one mistake and then they're supposed to pay for it for the rest of their lives. Right? And all it does is you get so many unwanted pregnancies, you get all these adoptions, Right, you get the adoption surge, and then how does that help? Who who, who actually benefits from adoptions? I, I mean, I don't know 
adopted people who have had the greatest experience. Because, I mean, just for me personally, I just don't know that you could ever, if you could ever really have that kind of love or that kind of connection with somebody who isn't actually your blood, right? It's just a different thing. Hell, you could see it when people are are stepfathers or stepparents or st anything, right? It's, and then they have their own kid. Usually, the, the relationship changes with their own kid as opposed to the kid that they were the step-parent for. That's just, that's just human nature. And so now you've got all these unwanted pregnancies that come up uh, and you're making people or you're making people have these kids, right? And now they have a kid. It sets back any kind of growth they have in their life because now they've, it's a harder time to go to school. It's a harder time to go to work. It's a harder time to get a job. So what do they do? Okay, now they're on public assistance. And then the people who are making these laws about people making them have to have kids, they don't want them to have any public assistance either. So it's just a downward spiral that we keep putting on women, minorities, and poor people. And I think that we just got to speak up and talk about it. Say what you feel. Stand up for this thing. And I, I pray that there are marches and, 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 and just, you know, anything that we can do to get this kind of thing turned over. Because... We're headed down a slippery slope, man. We're headed down just, I mean, they're already trying to sue librarians for, for having books that we shouldn't, that they don't want people to read about. Um, you know, you, you can't say gay in certain places. I mean, just what, how is this? We are literally morphing into The Handmaid's Tale. Literally. And it's just it's just sad. And it's just something that that really angered me last night that I wanted to talk about with, with people who listen. Um, because I think we just have to do better. Uh, men as a whole have to do better. We have to be better. We have to speak up. We have to be better about standing up for women and their rights. And it's just disheartening, man. Um, I don't know. I pray that, that we can come to some kind of stand down on this. And, you know, it sucks because, hell, what can you do at the Supreme Court level, right? That's why these elections are so huge and people going out to vote is so huge because whoever's the president gets to put in who they want Supreme Court, right? And, and when one of these people passes away or, or leaves their chair, that's when you get a chance to do it. And, you know, I'm, I, 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 I lean towards Democrat. It means turning into a political thing here, but I don't give a damn. It's my show. <laughs> I lean towards Democrat, but I, I do listen to to moderates, right? And hell, Democrats dropped the ball when they couldn't get a nominee in there when Obama was was leaving office, right? And Trump got in and was able to put in the the nominees and get get his people get his people in the seats. Two, he got two, which shifted everything. So this is where we're at now, and this is why voting is so important. And you have to get out there and make things happen. Vote for people who you believe make the best decisions that you want to see happen in your world, in your area, in your community. Time is now. And uh, we're running out. I'm Reggie Watkins. Thank you guys so much for listening. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment. Please don't be hating. And thank you. Thank you, Kevin Cleland, for running the boards, engineering, producing the show. We'll see you all next week. Peace.
save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.